Welcome to Ed Talks, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League in partnership with Indigo Education and Pollen. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations about public education and related issues that impact our young people. Each Ed Talks features two compelling short presentations by cutting edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, or community leaders. Ed Talks is supported by generous grants from the Bush Foundation and the Vern C. Johnson Family Foundation. This Ed Talks focuses on New Lens, New Perspectives. Our speaker is Gail Smaller, Executive Director of the New Lens Mentoring Society, which he created in 2014 to close the opportunity gap between students of color and their white peers in St. Paul Public Schools. This event was recorded before a live audience at Ice House in Minneapolis on February 13, 2017. What's up, Q? How you doing, man? Y'all set me up, you know that. I don't really get out too often. I don't, I don't do things like this too much. Uh, so I would just like to say uh, thank you. I'm really honored to be here with all the amazing things that are going on in the world, uh, you know, politically, um, advances in uh, social emotional learning and cognitive intelligence and out of school time programming and funders beginning to uh, look at the to the service providers for advice on how to better utilize dollars to get better results. I mean, it's an exciting time. Um, you know, and I'm just kind of wondering why with all these amazing things going on, <laughs> why they give me a microphone for like 20 minutes in front of people I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. I will, I will honor your 20 minutes. You won't get it back. I'll, I'll ramble off a little bit. You know, my, my people, y'all just round me up if I'm going off too far. Uh, I'm, I'm really nervous. Scarf's a little lightness in me, but, you know, we're, we're going to try to work it out. All right. So, so me, my, my background, I, um, it's kind of unique. I grew up in North Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. You know, there's, there's a lot of white people around. But in my experience, I hadn't encountered many, which is rare for Minnesota, right? My, my parents were black. The, the, all the neighbors were, old, were people who relocated from old Rondo and came over north and wanted nice properties and to raise their children. The, the, the guy who used to come up from the farm was a black guy who used to bring our little milk and leave it for us. The grocery store owner was Mr. King. All the kids that worked there from North were black. And so the university was kind of, was different, right? The whole time coming up, I didn't, I didn't even know I was an intelligent person. I didn't know that my mind worked properly. I graduated from high school with a 1.6. Now I don't know if there's education people in the house, but 1.6, that's, that's not impressing too many people. But that's where my confidence came from. And then I applied and I tried and I tried. I, I would go hang out at the U and play chess with an old 
a Somali guy named Baraki just to understand the, the culture of the university and observe it and see it. And I wanted to be there. I wanted to take advantage of all the cognitive learning, the opportunities, the research facilities. And I got there, and they finally let me in. And one of my guys, after about three semesters, he, he came to me and he said, Gail, you know what? If you could go back and do the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade again, I'd recommend you for honorary masters. <laughs> Y'all know what flunking a grade is? You know what it means to flunk? Anybody remember that? I flunked the sixth grade and the seventh grade. Y'all really know what flunking a grade is? <laughs> if you don't, let me just give you, a, I don't know how much time this is, let me see. Cause I got some stuff to talk about. I, I, I Did I come on right at six? I'm 16 minutes in right now? Okay, well somebody give me a sign or something cause Q, come on man, keep you on track, right? So what flunking means is that means Sixth grade gets out, everybody's playing summer football, you kicking around, you know what I'm saying? You waiting around, cause NPS, they, they got it organized now. But before, we wouldn't get our letters until like, right before school start telling you what school you're going to. Everybody gets their letters, you know, I'm going to Franklin, I'm going to Northeast, I'm going to, I get mine, I'm going, I'm going to Lincoln. All my friends went to school the first day. People thought I missed a bus, got kidnapped. And I'm looking at the same teacher that I had all last year. Twice! Luckily, I had wonderful parents who believed in me and taught me I, was, I could do it. I wasn't stupid, I was in the highest reading group. How you flunking me in the highest reading group? I didn't, get, I didn't understand it. So I committed my life to education, to changing how we look at each other, how we perceive each other, how education works, how it operates. And I've been bouncing around. You know, I'm a crazy person. My staff will tell you, everybody that knows you will tell me, will tell you, see what I'm saying? I can't, I'm nervous. So I, I couldn't get into university, but I wanted to be a high school teacher. So I found a loophole in this thing called charter schools. And I said, well, it doesn't say anything about needing a degree to be a charter school principal. So I worked with some elders in the community, a guy named Bob Gibbon. Anybody remember Bob Gibbon? Anybody know that name at all? No? Oh, that's okay. And he's, he gave me an opportunity and taught me how to design curriculum and do all these amazing things. And, before I knew it, it was like, I was, it was like, there's kids in here. I'm, I'm teaching people. This is, America is amazing, right? No credentials, straight off of Plymouth, and I'm in there teaching people. I thought urban studies was like, you know, what it's supposed to be, urban studies, right? Like, no, nah, man, you can't do that. You can't have a pager. Get away from there. Go stay over there. You know, that's where urban studies is. You teach the home to survive in the urban environment. You only get this amount of time for your transfer. If your transfer runs out, try to get somebody that got a transfer that's not run out. It's simple. They're going home, they got a transfer. Urban studies, right? There's a liquor store, there's a house with a bunch of shady people around it. Don't go that way. And it worked. You guys, I'm not, I'm telling you the truth. It worked. 
what we realized is it wasn't about reading. Kids don't care about reading, but they care about the information that's in the books. You didn't hear what I said. Did you hear what I said? So what I would do is I say, hmm, man, these guys made a million bucks. And they tell you how to do it right there in that book. And guess what? They'd be in this place called the Blue Room. Six or seven of them, and they'd be struggling. One of the little homies, Travis, I don't know. I mean, he probably he didn't understand phonics or nothing. And the whole, they would sit there for his turn and wait for him to struggle through all of these words because it was his two paragraphs. With no teachers in the room. They wanted the knowledge in the books, not the idea of reading. So what we have to do is figure out how do we make the knowledge that we want them to obtain interesting enough to where they want to read about it. No one cares about the stuff we've been teaching for the last, it, no one cares. But we're so caught up in the pedagogy and the practices and all these different type of things, we're not even paying attention to the content of what we're teaching. We're theorizing about how you teach it instead of teaching something that's interesting. The first white kid I encountered, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I fell in love with my friend. His name was Gary Van Ryswick. That's the truth. And you know what Gary showed me? He said, Gil, the world is bigger than Plymouth and Penn. 55 to Olsen Highway. I said, Gary, I can't go over Northeast. You know that, right? Well, if you get in the car and we're on 94 and we drive past Northeast, we can go anywhere. And he took me to a place and I bought a wool Army Surplus backpack and a pair of boots with uh, Vibram soles on them, or whatever the equivalent was back then. They were waterproof. And his brother borrowed me a jacket with a zipper with all these pockets, and you could put stuff in it, and it was thin, and it was warm. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. And he was like, oh, I'm talking to everybody. And they're like, oh, girl, it's just Minnesota. And I realized I wasn't going anywhere. As much as I like you guys, I am not gonna leave the future of the kids of Minnesota in the hands of all the people that's been running it to this point. Because we're not succeeding. It says 622. Oh, do I? That's only like half, right? Okay, all right. All right, Q, because you know now, that was it. That was like the I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here now. So, so I, after doing the principal thing and doing the social studies teacher, I was like, you know what? This is, a, this is a lot of hard work for a little bit of money. I'm getting up at 6 in the morning, leaving at 10 at night, bringing kids that were getting kicked out of school to my house. My wife is like, what are you doing? I bought Skittles. 
was almost embarrassed, y'all. I'm not lying. So one of the things that we did was we had we had the best attendance in the city. Tell them, dude, you remember, right? We had the best attendance in the city. And everybody's like, how do you get the best attendance? I tell y'all what I did is a secret. Well, not anymore, thanks to Rachel. We would get my mom and all these old elder ladies. This is going to be on TV, ain't it? I, I didn't mean old, like, old. Like, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, elder, not elderly, but I mean, you know. An uh, elder. There we go. All right. So we got, we got elders to prepare the lunch. I'm telling you, they be making smothered everything. Smothered chicken breast with broccoli in it and carrots and sides. And we would tell the kids, if you're not here by nine on the dot, you get the school lunch. I'm telling you, if they missed the five, they would be running. You would see them. They was getting there on time because they wanted that lunch. And everybody who didn't get one, oh, it was sad. You know, people got stuff all on their face. You know, uh, you know, forks dripping. They're hearing the, mm, ain't nobody talking but the kids who got the, uh, the MPS lunch. No, no disrespect to the guy with the glasses that presented a little way back that you can see on YouTube. I'm sure you're doing great for the lunches. But at this time, couldn't compete, couldn't hang. I'm telling you, the kids would be there on time, right? The reason why I'm saying that is because I'm saying figuring out the motivation is simple. We're PhDs. Well, I'm not. Look, boy, I'll be trying to claim something quick, don't I, Q? But we have PhDs. We have master's degrees. We have teaching licenses and special ed licenses and all these things. You're gonna tell me all these people can't figure out this simple problem. I had something written down. I was in a coffee shop and I wrote it and it was deep, y'all, I promise. If I can pull it up, my wife might be impressed. See how much time I got, I won't waste. Too much time thinking about that. All right, I'm gonna wrap it up. So what Newlands is, is I, I decided after being a principal and all that, that I needed more money because I got seven kids, y'all. And what's funny is one of the kids was in the paper. They thought it was, they thought I was him. I was like, oh my goodness, this is great. These people think I graduated in 2010. So I can pretty much say anything. But no, so New Lens, it, it started when I, after being a principal, I decided to go on and try being a consultant because I watched the movie. And that's what I'm saying, I'm crazy. So I seen this, I was like, man, they can make, make money from going and telling people what to do and they'll do it. And if they don't do it, then you can say they didn't do it and they'll pay you to come back and do it some more and you can make more money. I said, man, this, this is great. That's a win-win for anybody, right? So, so I started Smaller Concepts and I started moving around and trying to fix people's problems. But then I got really frustrated because they'll pay you a lot of money to tell you what the problem is, but then they won't have the commitment, the resources that they promised you, and then you're stuck in something that's not working, and they're looking at you like you did it. I'm saying, man, I promise you, the plan was tight. If they'd have just rolled with it, everything would've been all right. So I went to the St. Paul Public Schools, not like this is related, 
honest. And I was working on partnership work, doing different things, and I saw that there was a need that I knew how to feel, and I started to feel guilty because I was worried about trying to fall, solve like systematic issues that like, it's like, I don't know, what's the phrase? Like, something in a haystack, like, no, that's not it, hurting something. Boom, is that, can I say that? Is that, I mean, there's not a, like a, like a racial kind of tone, I don't understand where I'm saying like some crazy stuff up here. So, okay, so it's like hurting cats, I guess, right? You said it. <laughs> but then I saw that we could do something for, for people that look like me. I know how to do that. I got like, I'm not good at it. My, my son would be like, man, you know, I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? We worked hard and he's doing great. And I have a couple of other sons now. One just graduated from SPA. And he's going to community college. I'm like, man, does this system work or not? So then we figured that we would do something real simple. We would put young African-American men in front of older African-American men that demonstrated the cognitive skills that we figured out through evaluation that would improve the quality of their life. And the biggest disappointment that I had was the fact that people thought it was amazing. They thought it was innovative. They thought it was creative. And it was just normal. How many people in here know their dad, honestly? Touch them, hug them, put their arms around them. That's simple. Put them in front of role models that demonstrate the cognitive abilities that you want them to see. So don't, you can't, don't judge me because we don't accept white mentors. I'm a humanitarian. I understand the world from a different perspective. I look at each person as a person that's them, that's individually. But we have to have black males in front of black males. Because if you don't, then they're gonna look at your non-cognitive skills as attributes of being white. If your white mentor is showing up on time, if your white mentor is married, if your white mentor owns their home, then they look at those as attributes of whiteness. I know many black men who are raising their children, who own their own properties, who are educated. That's what we need to put in front of our children so that they can see that it's not about what they're seeing on television. If you understand what I'm saying to you, just put one hand up in the air. Thank you. If I went over them few last few minutes, what? This is ridiculous. I mean, I, I didn't even. So before I get out of here, I want to say that I love my beautiful wife. She helped me prepare a lot of wonderful things that I didn't get a chance to say. But I want to know what I was thinking about the whole time I was walking down here. I was like, I don't know what I do because I need you. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So thank you. Good night. It's been an amazing experience. And I hope that those 20 minutes that you gave me were well invested.
Ed Talks is presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League in partnership with Indigo Education and Pollen. Thanks to our generous sponsors, the Bush Foundation and the Vern C. Johnson Family Foundation. For more information on Ed Talks, to watch Ed Talks videos, or to download Ed Talks audio podcasts, visit AchieveMPLS.org.